friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with Imperator of Instant Regret, Chris Prunty, <laughs> along with our continued special guest, Daniel Quinn. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing great. Less infected. Yeah, that's good. On today's episode, it is a long time coming, but... Man, it's it's been a long and uh, it's been a special road, I have to say, because on today's episodes, we have the apocalypse, the end of the Land of a Thousand Gods. Now, this isn't the end of the entirety of the Land of a Thousand Gods, but it, we are putting a, a bookmark here so we can come back to it later. Essentially, what you're going to be hearing today is the end of the land of a thousand gods and for the last 30 some odd episodes the beginning the genesis of this podcast has been all about the land of a thousand gods and this time things are a little bit different we're going to be moving away from that and instead of having singular long form podcasts where we have 30 episodes devoted to a particular setting we're going to be moving to a shorter two to three episode per series kind of thing in order to expand the type of world building that we do and explore different types of worlds. But we wanted to make sure that we went out on the land of a thousand gods because it's treated us so well with a really apocalyptic finish. And thus today we talk about the apocalypse. And before we even get into that topic, we really hope that you guys are being safe. I know that shit is really scary out there with COVID-19 and everything like that. So up front, we just want to be clear that we're not going to be talking about any kind of disease related apocalypse because we're already living in that alternative universe and we don't, we just don't want to bring it up. Let's, let's go ahead and escape into the fantastical and escape into the end of the land of a thousand gods. Uh, gentlemen, the land of a thousand gods has treated us well. And I think that we'll have a reflection of it coming up. Yeah, fairly soon, but for now, let's go ahead and kick it off in style. For this episode, each of us has brought our own unique apocalypse, the end of the Land of a Thousand Gods, as it were. And we're going to be talking about each of ours and expanding upon those ideas when brought up. And then for the, I mean, the obvious, uh, as so many people have already discussed, the apotheosis, the god blob, is the easy and obvious apocalypse. And so we're going to be doing that first collaboratively. And we're going to be talking about what the apotheosis coming to every universe and eventually, you know, the inevitability of consuming everything, how that goes and all that bullshit and you know what not. So gentlemen, let's go ahead and kick off the end of the world in style with the apotheosis. Now the apotheosis for those who do not remember is the god that started out as some kind of a god and then its its ability essentially is to consume other gods. It's to force a divine coalescence between it and another god without any consent, essentially. And so what it's done through universe after universe is consume world upon world of gods. It's, it's eaten pantheons. It is a god eater at this point, and it expands from universe to universe through the cracks in reality, you know, the, the shards of reality, so to speak. And so the obvious choice is, well, hey, 
we've got this land of a thousand gods. What happens when the apotheosis comes? Chris, what do you think the apotheosis apocalypse would look like? So I picture it uh, kind of, the, I think we spoke about them once before, the Harbingers. What are yeah. those? For those of us who don't recall. Uh, I believe that they were kind of like uh, more powerful undead or like shards of the apotheosis that would be like, hey, your end's coming. Prepare now. Oh. Submit now. And you can be a part of something great. If I'm not mistaken, they were also the god pacted of the apotheosis as well. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, I see. And I kind of see it just happening very abruptly, kind of like a, a splinter through the world of like this lob like terror just breaking through whatever portals they've been able to open up. I imagine that, that the the harbingers are literally that, right? Where you see these grim portents and you see all of a sudden, hey, there's a real uptick in these weird kind of creepy cultists going around. And then after that happens, there's an increase in undead activity, you know, where undead aren't really a huge part of the setting, so to speak, otherwise. But all of a sudden now there's a rise in not just mindless undead, but, you know, intelligent undead. I think that's probably one of the first things, one of the first signs of the apocalypse that we should kind of talk about with the apotheosis is the idea that intelligent undead are now coming into the universe. Yeah, and also, uh, have you ever, I forget what the name of the chapter it was, but on Hellboy, where uh, the greater Elder Ones started to show up? I think it was like Frog War or after Frog War or something. I haven't seen that, but what you're saying kind of reminds me, um, in, in Magic the Gathering, they have that new set with those big Elder kind of like um, Cthulhu-esque beings, like Emrakul and all those other ones. Yeah, those are the Eldrazi. Yeah, so like when you say like they kind of abruptly splinters into this universe, it makes me think like these crazy things must be coming through that we don't truly understand. Yeah, like monolithic size monsters yeah, and such. That sounds really cool. And I think in our last episode we did talk about the uh what what did you have at Daniel? In the Path of Thorns, there's essentially this giant pit, the 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 mm -hmm. gyre, right? Oh Where, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, I really feel like, if anything, we have to talk about that a little bit because, man, when the undead hordes mm -hmm. start rising up out of the pit, I can think of this in one of two ways. One, that's your instant army right there. Or two, you know, they're infused with some semblance of life and due to their, you know, like their their bond in, of, of honor and kinship is so strong within the Path of Thorns that that actually becomes an unexpected defense against yeah. the undead. Yeah, I definitely Where... want to go that route because I feel like the gyre has this um, kind of the guy. It kind of has this like ominous portent, but it's not actually evil. It's like kind of like the spiritual resting place of all of all the path of swords. So maybe it, it's the last element of resistance in some way, you know. But they're a different kind of undead. I like that idea because what it also allows is in the apocalypse, right? The, the apotheosis just doesn't come in and it's a mindless chaos beast, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to have a plan. It's going to have a way that it knows how, how and where, and it's going to scout things out. And, you know, it has objectives. And I think that the, the guyer could represent an early objective. It's like, oh, that is a huge resource for us to go and harvest. Let's go ahead and take advantage of those resources. Right. And then, of course, when they get there, swerve, you know, 
oh wait this is actually really bad for us oh god now <laughs> there's hope yeah, and maybe like the the people, the eld, eldest leaders in the Path of Thorns have some understanding of this like apothic, uh, apocalyptic moment that there's a chance that they could use those spirits to help them. You know, mm. part of me kind of likes the idea that they have no idea, and it's just as much of a shock to them as it is to the apotheosis. You know, oh, or yeah, or maybe maybe the scriptures they have are unclear, and so they go there hoping maybe something will happen. You know. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. It's like a crapshoot. They're like, well, you know, might as well launch it. Cause yeah. <laughs> Cause that's when they go right. to die. So if the apocalypse is happening, then, you know, might as well go there. Yeah. And, and okay. So let's, let's talk about, because I just brought up the fact that it's not just a mindless chaos beast. I do want to talk about what's the plan for the apotheosis, right? Like what is its plan of attack? When, when we look at the current world as we have it, how do you imagine it's going, where and how is it going to strike? What's going to happen? What's the first thing that it takes out? What's the first, like, what's the major, like, cataclysmic event that signals that it has arrived? I think there needs to be some relationship to it and the, the world chart that we created. I don't know if that's where it comes from, but I feel like that thing was the opposite of what the apotheosis is in a sense, like thematically, because it doesn't, it bind together um, yourself as like a super identity across multiverses. Whereas the God blob is erasing identities by merging multiverses into it. So you see the people as a bunch of Jet Li, the ones fighting the apotheosis. <laughs> oh man. I... Oh God. What? Yeah. You could have those, the joined identities come through it or something. I don't know. I mean, I like that as far as like a superhero arc, but honestly, what I was picturing as far as how it would invade would be much more similar to like XCOM of where it spreads these tendrils into places of power and then forces them to fight each other. Or like, imagine if it just instigated wars between countries at the top level so that they would be weakened and so they wouldn't have anything to worry about. That's cool. Like oh. it can possess people in some way, like mentally. Yeah. Okay. 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 Hold on. I, I just got this idea. It's horrifying. So Chris, you're, you're one of your kind of like pet baby nations is the, the living flesh, right? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so of course I feel like that's probably going to be the biggest first, you know, objective of the apotheosis because Man, wouldn't a giant army of gray modeled flesh zombie beasts just be like one of the best types of armies that you could have? And couldn't you just imagine because it's kind of wedged in between two really powerful nations and has the ability to grow and act as a cancer? I feel like that perhaps more than any other place, they're going to find the rotten beating heart of that nation and they're going to corrupt it as soon as possible. Yes. And then force it to attack all of, like, just expand rapidly and attack everyone mindlessly. And then people at first wouldn't even think that it's the apotheosis. They'd be blaming the uh, primordial flesh. Exactly. That that would mean then that its presence can't be known suddenly. So, like, I mean, there could be apocalyptic premonitions. Maybe people don't know that it's the apotheosis that's causing this. So maybe there are, like, global events happening but it, it can't be public knowledge that the apotheosis is invading, if that, that's going to work. Oh, I was going to say, like, are you asking for something that's kind of like, and there is a new star in the East that people see, and suddenly it's just like, oh no. 
Like, I mean, there could be portents like that. I'm just saying, like, if there's a slow kind of, like, uh, a turning of nations against each other and, like, they don't understand, like, it's a secret kind of thing that's happening. Globally, they can't know it's that the apotheosis has arrived until it's too late. Right. And that's why I think yeah. that aiming for the nation of living flesh yeah. makes the most sense because I feel like to a lot of other nations, they look at that nation and they look at it and they're like, oh, that's a ticking time bomb. Yes. We can't do much <laughs> about it. But, and so when it finally, you know, lashes out like the it thing, makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. it makes sense to them. And it's like, oh, the time has finally come. It's time, you know, shit is real. And then a massive war erupts mm-hmm. and then that's where it starts. And then, so, you know, you have the North and the South at war, you know, both at the same time. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the continents itself is trying to be rent in twain, you know? I think and, it would be good if like the, those people that are joined from the world shard are maybe the few that know about it and they're trying to work in secret against this whole conspiracy. Well, they would have knowledge of all of their alternate selves. So exactly. maybe they have like a shard of them that are just like, no, I've seen this thing before. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like a hundred percent. Um, which actually is a good segue into my apocalypse. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and wrap it up. So the apotheosis comes, takes over the, the nation of living flesh starts a war. And then as soon as that war kind of spreads and goes on for a while, that's when it strikes. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, we do. We, I think we have to answer one other question, though, like which of course is really important because it's if we don't answer this question, then it's just like every other pointless fantasy where an apocalypse happens. What does this apotheosis want, and what what is its goal? For it to spread out throughout the multiverse is how I figure it. That that's exactly my thought as well. It's essentially a cancer. All it wants to do is multiply, grow, and and you know like move from place to place. And that's pretty much it, right? What 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 does that state mean? Like, so suppose it achieves that. Like, what is the universe like? What what's the so, result of that? I I actually have a a reason that you could explain why it would want to take over everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget where I've heard this before, but the individualism that it feels out there is kind of like a nails on a chalkboard. It's like screaming. It wants to bring. Unity. It wants one voice, one choir. Uh, now, now this is sounding familiar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, I, I actually like that idea that instead of instead of a being of chaos, it is in fact a being of absolute law. And in order to achieve absolute law, all thoughts, all minds, all beings must be one. They all must be consumed by the apotheosis, and thus. When you're looking at, you know, like an axiomatic creature, what does it, when it hears disparate thoughts, when it hears the consciousness of other beings, I I like that idea a lot, Chris, actually, because to them, it's like, oh God, what is all this noise? It's just like, it's like talking at the same time. I just want to talk to you. So so I I like that because that's, that, that makes sense. The one thing I want to, I want to push it further though, because I feel like we have villains like that a lot that are kind of Borg-like. Is there some twist that we can add to that? So it's a being of pure order that's trying to subsume all identities. But is there a twist to that that makes it unique than, say, the Borg? Because right now that is the Borg. 
See, I, I don't know the Borg very well, so I can't. Yeah, really it's a simulating that. other other gods. It's pretty yeah. unity. Like I've seen that villain so many times. Is what yeah. I mean. Okay. Okay. No, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and figure it out. So, Daniel, because yeah. I feel like you're more of an an expert in this type of stuff than we are, or at least I am. I can't speak for Chris. What do you think would make a, what kind of a twist do you think would make it interesting? I think whatever the twist is has to turn the idea on its head. So not disagree with the idea, but somehow turn it on its head. So if this is about um, a being that is annoyed by the sound of identity, right. And it's absorbing all of the other identities into itself. So it can achieve kind of this, this clean order. Maybe there's something about it that is um, singular, that, it, that they either doesn't realize or that the, the people that are fighting against it can exploit. So does it have a form of identity in it that it doesn't acknowledge? Hmm. And maybe that has to do with its origin, perhaps. It, it could be the god that it first was. Right. Like maybe that would be great because what if there's some ache in its, in its origin that is its weakness, you know, that it's trying to hide. I like where you're going with this. I'm mm. just, I'm trying to think about the not shy. just origin, but also motive. I think yeah. motive is, is a really important thing as well, or something exactly. like when it achieves its goal, something else happens. Like it will literally restart the universe mm-hmm. in a way, you know, like when we think about the apotheosis, it, essentially it is its own self recreating big bang. It's the thing that makes sure that the universe continues ad infinitum because you know when you see all these dead planets and dead stars to Mm -hmm. the apotheosis maybe that's just wasteful maybe that's just like oh well that's that's it's sad in that way right and so this is just a big reset button for the universe it's its goal is not inherently evil but it's so saddened by the death of all these universes that Uh, the only way that that yeah maybe, maybe it's a creator god then in some way Oh, I like that a lot, actually. I like, like the idea that it's a creator god. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, I think that turns it somewhat time because now now the world thinks this is a world-ending event, like an apocalyptic god, right? But maybe because of what it originally was, its goal is to create, and it's the only way it knows to do that is to, like, kind of reset everything. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I just got an idea because a lot it's of... It's got a white clean. Yes, but, but also we have a big theme of cycles in the land of a thousand gods, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that it's clicking the reset button and starting over is essentially that it starts each cycle anew, right? So we don't like the, the idea of the apotheosis is inevitable. It's like Ragnarok, right? The end of the world is inevitable. And this is the kindest way that the apocalypse can happen is the idea that it's it's not evil. It's just starting the cycle over so things can do this all over again in mm-hmm. a way. You know, it's it's a matter of okay, each person moves from, you know, multi-universe to multi-universe. This is the multi-universe shifting to a different plane of existence and starting over in a way. And the apotheosis is how that happens. So does that mean then that the multiverse superhero types are actually the bad guys? Yes. Oh, I wow. don't even I, I don't even know how, but yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's well, it's great. kind of like when you stop Galactus and then realize that he was eating like celestials, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so speaking of, you say superheroes; those are called the infinite. Yes. And <laughs> Sorry. I, no, no, no. That's fine. I say that because I just made that word up when I was creating my own apocalypse. 
Oh. And yeah. And because I think that's a cool name. But also, uh, I want to get into my apocalypse now because it is it has some strong parallels with what we were previously talking about. So my apocalypse is there are a set of infinites or there's essentially an individual infinite person, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows everything and is essentially, I mean, my favorite villain of all time is Dr. Doom. And I want a (laughs) doctor. I want a Dr. Doom type character. And his goal is he sees the apotheosis coming. He's unconcerned. What his idea is is to collapse the multiverse in on itself so it's a singular entity, essentially removing all life and then picking each individual shard and just slamming it all, slamming it all together. Okay. And that's his goal. His goal is to create a singular multiverse. And he doesn't, and I'm not sure, and this is where I want you guys to kind of chime in here. I'm not sure how that is going to happen and and like beyond that i just like the idea that it's basically taking all the universes together and like like a like a book right he's just trying to close the book all at once so it's just slammed into one individual i I think i got you i think i got you yeah so the way he can do this is by leveraging the god blob itself because that is essentially the power of the god blob so Maybe his his plan here, since he's he's he individually is infinite, he's already merged himself into everything. Maybe he needs a really significant power source to apply that to everything in the existing universe through the shard. So maybe yes. he plans on baiting the god blog through the through the world shard, which would cause yeah. insanity. <laughs> Okay, not not only that, right? Mm-hmm. But he has to make sure that the God Blob has a tendril in every multiverse. Yes. In order, to, so so okay, he's setting the trap, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's making sure it. It seems like he's working with the apotheosis until, like, okay, every universe has been infiltrated in some way. Yeah. Now he springs the trap, and then he uses the God Blob essentially to pull everything together. Yes. Right. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> yes. And, and not only that, okay, 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 okay. Hold on, okay. Uh, so I'm having this idea that the god, the apotheosis itself, is essentially the beating heart of a world that's like immense and fractured. But like, Ooh, it's basically go there. Used, it's it's basically using um, the multiverse as a prison for the apotheosis. But at the same time, like. I, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm going crazy because it's like I had this kind of idea in my head. I'm not sure. Oh, man. It would be such a wild end moment, too. To, like, if the, if there's, if the the God Blob itself could be representative of a place. So once he's put this trap in place and he's triggering it, you know, this final battle, this Armageddon of sorts would happen in this space, which is the one that you're kind of visualizing. Okay. Okay. Woo! Just pinched it into one. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, you're essentially rolling it into an individual, just like bam, and so so my question is right, like why would he do this, or why would this infinite do this, and then moreover, uh, you know what's that world like once it happens? Well, we established Ellie just a moment ago that the God Blob isn't necessarily evil, and that perhaps this individual, the, this the infinite group, whoever's from helping him these these identities. Maybe they're doing this for a selfish purpose in the end, or he is in particular. Maybe the others weren't, but he is. And his his goal is to have ultimate power, really. Okay, so maybe this person 
represents stasis, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe this infinite represents the idea that um, you know, as uh, is it entropy? I'm thinking. Hold on, I'm going to Google this. He's Ronald Reagan, is what you're saying. Oh fuck off! <laughs> He's ultimate conservatism. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, no, because the idea of the apotheosis is it's constant motion. It's constant. Uh-huh. And change. It's, it's not just change, but rebirth. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. He wants to break the cycle and just have it be a singular thing. He's like, no. reactionary. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, again, I love authoritarian, whatever. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Uh, Chris, you had something to say. Go ahead. So I was actually picturing it as uh, those entities who then they themselves are kind of like god hearts. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say one of them kind of goes into the shard and that allows all of divinity into one place. Oh, he sacrifices one of his one of the other infinites to do it. Yes. Ooh, so that because he doesn't want to take the chance himself, obviously. Oh, my God. Hold on. It's not about every multiverse being smushed into one. It's about every God being collected into an individual. Like he's trying to create the ultimate God. He's trying to create the ultimate being. And he's like, I am the creator. If this works, then everything will be great. Everything will be all because of me. Even if I'm written out of history, it doesn't matter because I will have created the paragon of existence. Right. And it's like every god smashed into one. Mm. And that's that's his ultimate goal. He well, believes- the risk there is the god blob could just then absorb that thing. So he's gotta he's gotta use the god blob as a as the means of accomplishing that. Exactly. And then I imagine that in doing so, like like he I think he understands that. I think that the mm-hmm. god that the apotheosis is there specifically for that reason. It oh, is- I see. If it's the glue that. that's going to hold everything together, yeah. essentially. Woo. Okay. Um, I think I th- I'm very excited right now. I'm gonna take a sip of water, and one of you guys, <laughs> one of you guys, are gonna have to go next. Okay. The one that I th- had thought about was I kind of like man-made ones, uh, destruction. Uh, I love the Fallout series, things like that, where it's. Uh, either the cruelty of people or like someone who is taken out and wants some sort of mutually assured destruction. And that's why I want the kind of ticking time bomb of one of the God pacted of death kind of left something that since he was taken out, it would activate in his absence as like a dead man switch and just pretty much destroy the world. Oh my God. That's so he's, he's basically so while other while other people in the bank of death have been collecting art and you know like secrets and money, he's been collecting doomsday weapons essentially. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's also in a way fulfilling his purpose. Cause... Oh, bringing death to the to the yeah. world. And well, oh my god, he's the only one who still gives a shit about death as a god, doesn't he? <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, he's like I'm bringing shit back to the old ways, the ways that you have all forgotten. And also I'm taking my ball and going home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, "Oh, I'm dying. Guess what, motherfuckers? You're all coming with me." So, Chris, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, how how does the 
like, how does it work exactly? How does his revenge explosive device, whatever it is work? Like what's, what's the big trigger? Is it like basically a magic nuke or is it like, <laughs> what's going on? So I had thought about that a little bit and, uh, I I kind of went back to one of my favorite things about gods and how they are powered by belief. And what I wanted to do was have it be, you can look at it as a spell or you can look at it as a compulsion, but it is like a mimetic uh, device that once you look at it, you forget about gods. And oh, as it eats away at the belief of those people and no longer has them there, the gods lose more and more power in the world. That's really fucking cool. That's so weird. Uh, no, no, because not only it's thematic as well to his spite because <laughs> no, because like you've all forgotten about the old ways of the God of death. Well, if that's how it's going to be, then fine. You'll forget about the gods themselves, you know, yeah. that type of thing. So his, so the weapon isn't really, it's not like a literal destruction. It's more like, this this viral apathy, I guess, against or viral viral atheism is really what it is. Uh, mimetic atheism. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna say yeah. the word viral. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, Daniel, we talked about this. <laughs> We've had mimetic. several conversations, Daniel. <laughs> it's mimetic atheism. I kind I really love that concept. Yeah, I'm I'm super into that idea. Yeah, it just empowers people because all of the supernatural powers in the setting are based on belief. Yeah, it's actually a god heart of atheism. It's just a teapot. No, it's so inconspicuous. <laughs> You yep. never heard the whole teapot thing about it circling around the sun. You can't prove that it's not there. You can't prove that it is. So it's like faith. Oh, it's not falsifiable. Yeah. That that's that's why our atheism's logo is a teapot. Okay, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I get it. I get you. Thank you. <laughs> so. I'm going to let that ride as long as... <laughs> no, no, please. It's crushing yeah. and it's... <laughs> now, now, this is getting me thinking, though. So, if you if you have this mimetic atheism that is really a weapon against the gods and all gods, right? Um, mm -hmm. in, in Rob's apocalypse, he's got this infinite being, right, that is trying to bring all the gods together for its own purposes, right? To flatten the multiverse. There seems to be some, some way to connect the two there. Because you've got a weapon that can be used against that guy. Oh, so this is... Okay, so now we're, like, dragging all of the apocalypses together into, like, one big, like, what-if super issue type thing? Yeah, it seems to make perfect sense, right? Like, if once they find out that this infinite guy is up to this nonsense, I'm sure the followers of the back of death will be like, hell no, we can't let that happen. Oh, and there's and there's other infinites who are like going around to the different universes, being like, "What do you guys have? Okay, we can use right. this. Let's go." Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I did. I did make that reference when we first introduced like the reality shards and stuff like that. Yeah. That these guys are basically like the Avengers. Okay. Yeah, I can fuck with this. No problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Daniel, what do you have for your apocalypse that we can now bring into this massive <laughs> multi-writer story? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so when we were, when we were talking about, um, 
kind of chaos being caused by the apotheosis, but it's kind of like causing nations to fight each other. The concept I had was is similar to your infinite um, in the sense that I was thinking about old gods coming back for a final kind of Armageddon. And in particular, one God that I had in mind um, was the one that loves to eat God hearts. Um, and I believe she was like a warrior goddess of um, which nation it is. Um, frozen North. Uh, was it the yeah. Frozen North or was it the other? Yeah. Was it, she, she came to the Frozen North, right? She came from someplace else. I believe she yes. came from the Feast and Famine and she was yes. like there at Hill of the Hun. Yeah, exactly. That, that she, was, she was legended for eating hearts. Yangus Khan. Yeah. <laughs> it's Chinggis Khan. What are you talking about? I'm just... So... Ignore me. <laughs> what, what I'm thinking is, in some kind of like, um, you know, prophesied way, some small group of prophets or individuals go to a tomb and they recover some artifact, but it inadvertently resurrects her. And oh. in seeing the end of the world, she decides, well, I'm going to start, you know, uh, bringing, not bringing order to things, but putting things back the way they were in my time. And she's kind of going around slaying what God heart she can to, to amass her own power, which is where it, it sounds up similar to um, the infinite guy. Um, and in terms of an Armageddon, I could think this would work if everyone's now at war, you know, she would start drawing people to her side and her method of doing this is like, follow me or I'll eat you. <laughs> Submit or die. Right. Yeah. And so she amasses this ridiculous army. And I don't know if, we could bring in the path of thorns in some sense because they've got that big pit of spiritual dead um or if she goes to the tombs of other dead gods and brings them back to fight alongside her okay so i have this just i just it's just a phrase in my head but damn it i keep thinking about it it's like the dead gods walk yeah like where where it's like you have this okay hold on revelations so it's not it's not that she's just going around eating god hearts. Mm -hmm. When she eats them, she subjugates the she subjugates the gods themselves, right? Yes. So yeah. she's so she's creating undead versions of the gods, essentially oh, like god. corrupted yes. versions of the gods themselves. To serve than, fight. yeah. Yes. So she's creating undead servants of gods themselves. And it's not like true undead or anything like that, mm -hmm. but they're essentially like, they're essentially undead in a yeah. lot of ways. You know? Like kind of like essentially undead. Yeah. Right. Or like basically like avatars of battle, essentially, you yeah. know, like where, where they're, she's, she's wielding them like weapons where the apotheosis is the, like, they're is like her horse thing that it is. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. They're her riders. Yes, exactly. absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Except she she has more than just four. She's going right. to <laughs> as many as she can them. make. And she's basically going to, you know, smaller countries and nations and saying, look, join me or you all die. <laughs> join my army one way or another, you know. Holy fuck, that's super fucking cool because that <laughs> works even okay, so yeah. The apocalypse works with or without the apotheosis there. Mm -hmm. Like she just rises from the dead and then starts eating gods and then subjugating them and then raising an army of gods mm -hmm. that then takes over the world and destroys it. Right. Yeah. And and when she sees the apotheosis and even the infinite guy as a as an obstacle, really. And no, she sees them as worthy opponents. Yes. Like you for go, once. Oh man, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> and she actually That's enjoys it because she lives cool. for war. You know, like this is the final moment where she gets to really come back and do her work. <laughs> Oh, that's super fucking cool, Daniel. Uh, All can right. I just say that an unintentional side effect of the whole uh, mimetic atheism thing? Yes. 
would be that if all of the worlds to kill the apotheosis to prevent them and combine one perfect god what if at the same time it destroys it because it also all belief in that one unified god destroys all the belief that was propping it up and then you have a world that is one singular world no longer a multiverse mm-hmm. an absence of god so you would have oh god, a truly this world you have yep you have, exactly Star Trek. You, have this, you have reality <laughs> yeah damn it that's that's what I was. A world was just free like, of gods. Yeah, and that's that's one hell of a big bang, Chris. Well, I mean, that's, if you break it up into the three pillars of what's happening in this apocalypse, one is a world free of, of belief, right? So it's a, a world based of evidence. So that, that's the accomplishment of the bank of death. You have um, a world where all all godlike belief is centered on one person's will, which is what the infinite's going to accomplish by merging all the gods. And then you have one that's about being subject, sub, subjugated by, you know, another god. So it's a kind of the traditional, you know, uh, you have to follow the belief of a particular god. So no belief, belief in the self, belief in the gods. We then... somehow bumblefucked our way into creating our own universe. <laughs> like, the universe in which we live has been bumblefucked into creation by us. <laughs> And that would also be a very interesting take as one thing that we said that we wanted to do was how would the world in the modern era look like? Well, there there you go. Uh Only. Oh my God. No, but that's boring. We got Trump as president. That's only only if the bank of death wins, which makes sense because it's a bank. No, no. (laughs) Oh God damn it. But also the funny thing would be um, it's, it's kind of it gives the ending that I, I hate so much that it just like and then they woke up and it turns out it's all a dream. <laughs> oh, no. oh man! And fade to black. What's great is though, like you know, if this is a game setting, that's an outcome that you can work towards. You can choose any of them. Any of them could happen. If it's you know a, a writing space, you know you could write to any of those endings. You know what? Fuck this! I'm gonna go get some dice. We're gonna roll this shit out, and we're gonna see which one of those particular like apocalypses actually ends up winning over the other four. Hold okay. the fucking phone. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. I've got dice. We're going to settle this. We're, we're going to see, okay, we can't just end up with a boring ass, regular us universe. It just cannot happen. Well, so that's we're going to figure out. Happens. The world is what you make it. Right. And so that's why I'm going to roll these three dice. And whichever is highest is going to represent which one wins out just a little bit more compared to the other ones. Okay. Okay. So I've got a purple, an orange, and a blue die. The purple one is going to represent my infinite doom. Uh, the red one is going to represent Daniel's war goddess. And the blue die is going to represent the bank of death. I'm going to roll all once. Go ahead. All right. Okay. So it Daniel. Like a six. <laughs> all right. Here, here's what happened. Daniel, your war goddess got a 17. Okay. These are D20s? These are D20s. Oh. If it's D6, then I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chris, your your bank of death got a four. Fuck you. And and my my infinite doom got an eleven, which means Daniel, 
you, your war goddess seems to have triumphed in this cataclysmic multi-issue crisis on infinite earths. So what that so, could mean, um, yes. I think though, so I think this goddess could never be satisfied unless there's always war or death, or destruction at least. So I think at the end she has to die, even when she's accomplished her goal. Hold so on. Maybe, Mm-hmm. I, I've I've already I I'm I'm right there with you, Daniel. Yeah. yeah. So I, I because I don't think that Chris's four necessarily mm-hmm. means that his bank of death loses. Right. I, I think, think it knocked her out at the end. Yes. I think that she achieves her goals and yes. then is instantly forgotten as the only yes. one who is forgotten. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Daniel. Yes. yes. Okay. I love it. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> and I think I think too that your dude, the doomed guy. He had, I think he had to, in the end, be the real big villain because I think his plan was successful. And after it was successful, that's when, you know, her army and, you know, kind of went up against him and the rest of the world united under her, defeated him. But in the end, they realized she's also insane and horrible. And that's when they used the super weapon against her instead. Oh, man. Mm. Okay, 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 okay. So what does the world look like with their hero or their heroine goddess having been erased from memory. Oh my God, I've got it. Okay. Remember, she resurrected all those gods to serve her. Yes. And And now the gods are basically all dead or they're They're, undead gods. Well, when she died, they're all free again, back into the world. Right, but they're still like transformed, right? Right, right. So think of, I remember where we started with the Land of a Thousand Gods when you guys first started. There was a dearth of gods, right? And so it wasn't the coalition, the, the, the divine coalescence part of it, like bringing back faith to the world. Yeah, in the beginning when you guys were starting, wasn't there like a dearth of gods? And so it was about restoring faith to the gods of the world to some degree. It was more of like unifying. Unifying. So I'm thinking like in her destruction, she's she's brought these dead gods back to serve her. What if it allows them back into the world to restore kind of faith in the gods of the world? And not only that, but now there's no divine coalescences because they're all forcibly you know, essentially brought back as a primal form under her banner, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it resets things in that sense. I could also and, see some sort of uh, armistice agreed upon both by God and men of just like, hey, we don't do that no more. Yeah. that's what can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, okay, but what the, now we're leading to sequel bait, right? Mm-hmm. Because what I can also see is there is a sect of, you know, worshippers of the goddess who forget her, but still have the same power as her. So the, the God pacted of those people can now command the gods themselves because that was her power as well. And so now we, I don't know how long it's going to take for, in order for them to figure this out, Mm -hmm. but eventually you're going to get to the point where this weird God pacted of an unknown forgotten God Mm -hmm. is essentially forcing gods to kneel as a mortal and no one knows why or they're kind of like sorcerers like actual wizards who have this oh, unknown yeah. power you know that that's not too far off yeah, that's yeah they good. just don't realize that their power was originally divine oh yeah and and, and it's it closed it's a closed circle yes okay. oh my god man yeah. okay that's a that's a hell of an apocalypse <laughs> um you know, I, I think that's a I think that's a great place to stop. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's a really fun, awesome way to go out. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like, look, we're all 
a little bit sad that it's time to end our time here at a land of a thousand gods, but it's also much like what we just talked about. It's a rebirth. It's a Mm -hmm. cycle beginning anew where we now get to, you know, we get to explore different genres. We get to explore different worlds Mm -hmm. and we get to talk about other world building aspects. Like, I don't know why the Mandalorian's world building is so good. For example, not bringing that up for any particular reason. (laughs) Not like that's going to be an episode in the very near future or anything like that. I mean, why would Um, we ever do that? obviously yeah yeah but but the other thing is i'm excited to explore different aspects of world building as much fun as it has been to create this world with you i'm ready to 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 figure out more and to teach you guys how to steal when it comes to world building as well that's also an important thing i I have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) oh oh i i won't talk about that on the podcast but there is some shame there it's literally the only way to make anything is stealing Kind of, but mostly yes. But also not <laughs> not just by renaming stuff. And oh, obviously. Keeping everything yes. else, you know? Stealing meaning kind of past each my, uh, players are listening, you can just shut it off right now. It's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so gentlemen, any last words as we depart from the Land of a Thousand Gods? I'm just really excited that I, I I still am really excited about that mimetic atheism. I think that's like the to me that's my favorite concept that we've come up with. Yes, like because <laughs> I think it's 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 so like because to Chris's my credit there it's like it's so essential to the concept you know of the whole belief driven setting right. But it's also like obviously the ultimate weapon against it. Absolutely, it's it's the ultimate weapon against faith. Yes, I, I think it's I think it's probably one of the most world appropriate endings that i've heard that that's yeah. a great idea chris Aww. uh i do have who'd you steal it from if you know where chris stole this idea please please, <laughs> please email us, us. Yeah. if found please email us at worldbuildwithus.com <laughs> actually no, you know that's if it, not if the email address from... don't let email. him lie to you <laughs> see no one emailed <laughs> So if you if you want to go ahead and send us an email to let us know where Chris stole his really good idea from, you can send us an email at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or you can go ahead and apotheosisize a Twitter tweet over at Let's World Build and let us know what's going on there. What's going to be important coming up in the next weeks and months as we continue on with the, the new format of the show Uh, We want prompts from you guys. We want to hear, you know, what kind of worlds you want us to explore. If you want to send us an idea and have us run with it, please, by all means, let us know. I think that's part of the fun about world building is kind of starting with a basic concept and then watching it grow in weird and unexpected ways, throwing in twists in different genres, all that fun stuff. So with. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was agreeing with you and I was going to say, make as weird as you want, send it. Yeah. Yeah. Make make it as weird as you want. I mean, like stuff like Pugmire already exists and electric bastion land. I mean, like we're, I, I'm totally willing and ready to go as weird and as F- fucking fallout out there Equestria. as possible. <laughs> that exists. 
Yeah, we're not going into that stuff. Oh, you don't um, want Fallout Equestria? Okay, you know. Live I'm more okay with Equestria than I am with Fallout. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, remember that you know in the upcoming weeks, uh, just be safe, uh, maintain social distancing, uh, hug your loved ones extra hard. Uh, you know, make sure that you've got time refer this podcast to your friends and loved ones. I mean, what are they going to do? They're stuck inside. And you know, when you do make sure that you email us all sorts of cool world building ideas. In the meantime, remember that we love you very much and we'll see you next week. Have a great week until then.